0: Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. That was a hundred years ago this month at Utah's very own George Sutherland began serving on the United States Supreme Court. Uh, It's a great time to look back at his life and his legacy. Uh, The only Utah to serve on the highest court in the land. And uh, really pleased to have joining us today, the president and CEO of the Sutherland Institute, uh, aptly named after George Sutherland, uh, joining us on the line. Rick, thanks for coming on today. My pleasure, Boyd. Thank you. Uh, So I always like to start, uh, George Sutherland, we'll get into some of his backstory, uh, but I always like to begin with something in our very contentious, very polarized political world. And sadly, what we've done to the confirmation process of our Supreme Court justices, Uh, just to remind everyone that when George Sutherland 100 years ago was nominated uh, to be on the Supreme Court, he was actually giving a speech uh, abroad. I think he was in England. And uh, before the sun set on that same day, uh, he was confirmed to the United States Supreme Court uh, unanimously. Boyd, it's
1: incredible. He was actually at The Hague on assignment by, from, by the United States government defending a case. And he learned about this almost in passing. He received a wire from President Harding asking some personal questions. And how are you? Look forward to your return. Oh, and by the way. <laughs> You probably already know this but you were unanimously nominated and unanimously affirmed as a member of the Supreme Court. Can
0: you can you imagine that today? Oh, uh, that would be a, that'd be a good day for all of us, I think if we could uh have that kind of that kind of person nominated to the court, and that kind of person confirmed to the court again, regardless of where they fall on that spectrum uh that would be really good for the for the country for sure. so give us some of the backstory uh to George there's so many lessons in uh in his life and the way he went about things uh but as you've had the chance to to be at the helm there at the Sutherland Institute, as you celebrate this one hundred year anniversary of him uh taking his place on the Supreme Court, what are some of the backstory things that stick out for you, Rick?
1: Well, boy, it's hard to choose. The most important thing about him, it's hard to decide if it's his resume or his character. (laughs) Um, But let's start with his character so we don't miss that. I think one of the most telling things is what an adversary would say upon the passing of an individual. Mm. Chief Justice Harlan Fisk Stone was a constant adversary against George Sutherland. But he offered it in eulogy when Justice Sutherland passed away. He said this. He was a man of stalwart independence and of the purest character, (laughs) who without a trace of intellectual arrogance and always with respectful toleration for the views of colleagues who differed with him, fought stoutly for the constitutional guarantees of liberty. For the individual. That is the antidote for our political ills today. Uh,
0: That is so good. And uh, and it is character first. Uh, Resume comes second always. Uh, And that character was such an important part uh, for Justice Sutherland uh, that he he was a someone who was going to approach it with rigor uh, and passion uh, and have complete respect for the dignity of his opponents or those that he disagreed with on the court. Uh, and I know one of the things that he was often called on there at the Supreme Court was to defend the Constitution.
1: Absolutely. And he believed everyone was entitled to a rigorous defense, whether he agreed with their beliefs or positions, mm-hmm. which was which was remarkable. That he actually defended certain cases where, well, people in Utah find it interesting. He defended um, a polygamy case and he was not a member Of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, nor was he in favor of polygamy, but he believed everyone was entitled to a legitimate defense. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
0: There's desperation and anguish.
1: More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at KSLPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, Such an important thing. And I I know one of the things that he uh, is probably best known for uh, is standing up before the the sanctity of the Supreme Court uh, in an era when. Presidents were thinking about uh, packing that court.
1: Yeah, it's often forgotten. And it it, it concerns me a little bit, Boy, There's a lesson to be learned that his name is almost erased from connection to the important things that he stood for. He was a member of the Supreme Court when FDR engaged in um, in a pretty rigorous court packing scheme. um, And he defended the structure of the court on constitutional grounds, Um, probably wasn't best friends with FDR after that but was known for his consistent position and his principled approach. It was never about name-calling or denigration. It was what does the Constitution allow and what is the intent?
0: Yeah, and I think that, again, that's what we want in every judge, is that someone who's going to apply the law that way to defend the Constitution. That way, uh, often those those cases that go to the highest court in the land uh, often get uh, – very entangled in all of that in terms of the uh, the Constitution and, and what precedent uh, might take place. And what happens next is, is another important thing. Uh, as you look at his his early life, uh, I, I think there's always a, a, in my view, a, a softening that comes from suffering or, or there's a, a an empathy that comes as you go through different challenges. And I think that was one of the strengths of George Sutherland was his ability to hear and to see people where they were. And some of that, I think, became was because of uh, what he experienced growing up.
1: Well, his, his life began, began under very common circumstances, and he was forced to drop out of school to go to work to help support his family. There's another lesson in persistence. Um, that, that could have been the end of his story right there, but it wasn't. He wanted to become a lawyer, one of the organizers of the Utah State Bar Association. He served in the House of Representatives. He was a huge women's rights advocate and introduced the 19th Amendment to the United States Senate. And then when he was finished with that, he went on to become president of the American Bar Association before being appointed to the Supreme Court.
0: Wow. Uh, so so many things in there that we could unpack for an afternoon. Uh, but you, oh. you, you mentioned the, that focus on women's rights and his role as a United States senator uh, in all of that.
1: Yeah, boy, this is where here's a lesson to be learned. You know, we're we're more aware now of history, what we include, what we don't include, how we share history. Um, One of the reasons we are so engaged in this campaign to introduce Utahns to George Sutherland is because he's almost disconnected from the fact, just because of the way history was recorded and evolved, he wasn't a voice among many for women's suffrage. He was one of the driving voices. He introduced the constitutional amendment. He was an advocate for fairness. He, he was also involved in legislation that removed restrictions on women's right to work in the workplace um, under restricted hours. He was a believer that they are no less affected by the outcomes of their government than men and therefore should have the same voice mm. and the same opportunity as men.
0: Yeah. Wow. So many so many great lessons. Uh, you can check out more of these uh, Southern Institute, Institute dot org uh, just has some great features, and uh, you're hearing some of them here on KSL News Radio during uh, the month of October. Uh, this is an, an important individual uh, who had a huge outside impact and influence uh, on the United States of America and the rest of the world as a result. And uh, really pleased to have uh, Rick Sutherland, uh, President and CEO of the Sutherland Institute, joining us. Uh, Rick, uh, real quick as uh, we wind down, uh, what's one other thing that you wish everybody knew uh, about Justice Sutherland?
1: Um, I, I wish I wish they knew in a time when we are suspicious of the court, everything is politicized um, and everything is adversarial. I wish people were aware of the story after story of how he respectfully engaged mm-hmm. with those he disagreed with, always holding to principle, did not find it necessary to denigrate or shout. Uh, his life is a model for, for what we need to relearn in our politics today.
0: Yeah, uh, fantastic. Rick Larson again, president and CEO of the Sutherland Institute. Check it out, sutherlandinstitute.org. Some great stories, some great history from the life of George Sutherland, the only Utahan to serve on the highest court of the land, a man of character, a person of principle and passionate debate, always respecting the dignity of everyone. That's a great lesson for all of us. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, hour number two, much more to discuss, much more to think about. Stick around. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything.